What's up, everyone? Welcome to the 269th episode of 269 of the Pokemon Podcast. It's super effective. I'm your host, SBJ, and with me today, I have Will. And I'm overheating. I'm, I've just told you I have no air conditioning, and I don't know why you're putting me through this torture, but I'm thrilled to be here. You do not sound thrilled, Will. I was just watching this is I was just watching the EA coverage from E3, EA oh, at E3, something right. like that. Mm-hmm. You know that thing? Yes. And all right, I'll let you know something. Here's a little tip. During the 80s, EA was my favorite game publisher. During the 2017s, I don't think they have a single game I'm interested in. <laughs> what happened to Electronic Arts? They 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 only care about their influencers. Got to have all the influencers up there on on stage we got a show for you guys today i'm just gonna it's just will and i travis they are they are working all weekend and i have i had to have recorded this on i don't think that that's that's how you're supposed to say that sentence i we're recording this on saturday saturday instead of sunday just because of e3 and because i won't have enough time to both record and edit tomorrow so we're recording this early travis couldn't be here just Will and I. Very different show for you guys today. I'm just going to run it down real quick. Instead of doing our off-topic and then our Pokemon news and then spending a fair amount of time on one of those news articles and then jumping to emails and then doing Pokemon of the Week, we're just going to do news this segment. We're just going to, or this podcast, we're just going to jump into news. We're just going to go through that. And if E3, which is three days from now when we're recording this two day or one day when this episode goes up if e3 presents something pokemon related whether that's switch or 3ds or or mobile and it's substantial to pokemon uh we will record again to touch on that but who knows they could they could show nothing the pri- the main part of this podcast is going to be the pokemon direct that happened on tuesday yep so we'll run through that. We have some other bit of Pokemon news, so we're just going to dive right in. And before we get to the Pokemon Direct, because that's kind of the big, that's where we're going to be spending most of our time, let's talk about some other Pokemon news that happened. This is right off PokemonGoLive.com, the official Pokemon Go website, celebrating the first Pokemon Go anniversary. Pokemon Niantic went ahead and announced Pokemon Go Fest. Before I read the article here, Will, did you, did you hear about this? Uh, about the festivals yeah. things? The, yeah, because I made the comment that Milwaukee really uh, <laughs> messed up on that one, didn't they? They could have had thousands of people coming to Milwaukee spending their dollars on restaurants, accommodation, transportation, and guess how many dollars they're going to make off Pokemon Go? Zero. Lake, Lake Park could have had it all. Because <laughs> you know that money's going right down to the windy city, Chicago. Yes, I am. I'm very... Like, if anything out of the past week news-wise happened, this is what I'm the most excited for. I've talked about this for the last two weeks that I've been back on the Pokemon Go train. Choo-choo. Uh, I'm very excited for this. Let me just read the article here for those that might have missed it. Trainers, we are celebrating two amazing milestones, Pokemon Go's one-year anniversary and 
750 million global downloads, and you're invited to join in on the fun. Over the next few months, we are hosting real-world and in-game events planned alongside some very exciting new features that will get you outside and exploring the world with friends and family. Get ready for an action-packed couple of months to kick off Things we will first be hosting the Sol Solstice 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 event. Sol we will be hosting the Soul Rock event starting on June 13th, 2017. This in-game event will feature fire type and ice type Pokemon, huge XP bonuses for throwing Pokeballs accurately, and discount in lucky eggs in the in-game shop. Soon thereafter, you can look forward to a new update focused on collaborative group gameplay features that will get you playing Pokemon Go in fun new ways. In preparation for these exciting features, we will temporarily be disabling gyms for a short period of time. So that that's for everyone. That's really exciting. We'll get to the second part here, which is specifically for Chicago or people that are making the trip here. We are also excited to announce our first ever real world Pokemon Go event. I want to point out they said first ever, which means there's probably going to be more to come after this. Coming your way, Pokemon Go Fest Chicago. This event will take place in downtown Chicago, Illinois, USA at the beautiful Grant Park on July 22nd, 2017. I'm going to stop right there. Is Grant Park where the bean is? Is that the bean? I, I've been to Chicago one for like 12 hours total in my entire life. What's the bean? No, I know what the bean is. Please listeners don't write in i've seen had no interest in the bean okay it's a mirror i a, it's AT, a fun house mirror at&t paid for the bean i have at&t they should have instead of buying a giant bean they should have put up a cell tower down there because at&t's service is kind of atrocious is it really it's i have at&t as well i've had it's pretty bad since it was uh singular uh i think grand park grant park is is the bean. I'm pulling it up here. Yeah. Grant Park is next to Butler Field. It is also part of the bean. The bean is called Cloud Gate, I think. Is that right? No. Why are you asking Mir me? Yeah. I can't find the, any beans. The bean is called Cloud Gate. The mirrored bean-shaped sculpture. And Grant Park has the, the pavilion where they have done music concerts before. It has an ice skating club. It has a Chicago tour area. It has a Segway tour area. It is next to the Art Institute of Chicago. All right, so the beans at Millennium Park. Stop with your confusionness. Okay, but Millennium Park is across the street from Grant Park. Well, that makes, still makes them two separate places. But the Grant Park Music Festival, where the pavilion is, is in Millennium Park. I wonder if... Okay, let me just finish the article here. All right, all right, all right. I just looked at a map, and you're right. You are correct. One for me. Well, we'll take place at Grand Park on July 22nd. Join us as we celebrate Pokemon Go, the Pokemon Go community, with a ton of, ton of exciting festivities. Tickets and more information for the Pokemon Go Fest Chicago will be available on Monday, June 19th at 10 a.m. Also, that's when tickets will be available. So mark your calendars and follow our social media channels to be notified when tickets go live. European trainers can look forward to Pokemon Go celebrations hosted across the continent from June through September in a partnership with Ubail Rodmico Shopping Centers. You probably got it. You guys know what that is, I'm assuming. Uh, we'll be posting a complete schedule of these events very soon. Also, the Pokemon Company is organizing Pikachu Outbreak. We reported on this 
two episodes ago, a Pokemon event in Yokohama, Japan in August, where they're exploring a unique Pokemon Go experience. Stay tuned for more details surrounding each of these events in the coming week. So we got a couple things here. I think the fire and ice type event we don't have to spend much time on. We're just going to see more fire Pokemon, more ice type Pokemon. You're going to get an XP boost when you're throwing Pokeballs accurately. I'm assuming that's the accurately would be the spinning motion that you can do, the curveball. Discount and lucky eggs in the game shop. So if you're planning on playing Pokemon Go all summer, you might want to stock up on those. What do lucky eggs get you in Pokemon Go? They give you a 30-minute XP boost. I think the big takeaway from this, though, is they're going to be they're going to be disabling gyms for a short period of time. That's all gyms. Niantic did come out on Reddit and say that your Pokemon at the gyms will be returned to you. So uh, all gyms will be empty after the gym update happens. There's no word on what the gym update is going to be. But they do say before that... There will be a collaborative group gameplay feature that will get you playing Pokemon Go in fun new ways. I wonder if they're kind of doing something with when they showed in the original trailer. I don't know if you remember that, where everyone was in Times Square catching Mewtwo. I do remember that. I wonder if it's going to be something like that. Mm, I mean, it will be something like that, but like is a very broad and non-specific right. word <laughs> because you can help somebody else taking a gym that's already there's already some cal- collaboration there in in that aspect how do you feel about this pokemon go event i feel i feel like the internet is very upset that it's one city and they may be upset if they live in like california or new york and chicago is not a very easy place to get to and maybe that's why i am so excited because i am only an hour away i mean chicago is not that hard to get to they've got two airports but my concern is i mean that there there's a how much do the tickets cost no price oh the tickets are free no no they they haven't said ah see now the problem is right what if it's like an exclusive pokemon and I have to explain to my 10-year-old <laughs> nephew that he'll never have, like, Mewtwo because not only could we not afford the airfare to go to Chicago, we couldn't afford the $50 for two tickets to Pokemon Go Festival, right? And they, don't, they haven't implemented trading yet, as far as I'm aware. That's true. So... I have, a, I have a couple thoughts about that. So you make an excellent point, right? If I'm in California and I and. Niantic already has said that there will be there will be legendary Pokemon this summer. We don't know if that's one. We don't know if that's two. We don't know. We just know that we're supposed to at least get one legendary Pokemon this summer. I kind of was under the mindset, why would they do the first legendary Pokemon in one city behind a paywall? Because if you look at past events at Grant Park... That park has a limit cap of 12,000 people, which is a lot. It is a lot. That's a lot. It's a, it's a big park. If, if not only can only 12,000 people go to this or maybe less, depending on what the festivities are, they haven't said what's, what, what's actually going to happen here. There, there's a paywall to get in, whether that's $20 or $40 or who knows how much it's going to cost to get in. They'll probably do the the standard Pokemon thing they always do where it's like, yeah, it's $40 to get in, but we're going to give you a t-shirt and here's three booster packs. And I can't imagine that, I can't imagine TCPI isn't very directly evolved into this, even though it's Niantic's event, but TCPI but is, very, is very controlling. It's, it's Niantic's event, so 
Uh, yeah, but they can't force him to give stuff away. They can't. They can't influence the profit margin here. But whatever, go on. They could, or they they could. They could say, "Hey, we're gonna we're gonna make the shirts." But that, that that doesn't matter. Your point of what if they do do a legendary Pokemon here? I think I think everyone would be not everyone. I think the people at the event would be very excited and very happy. Everyone else would be very upset. But at the same time, I can't get Farfetch without traveling to another country. This is true. I can't get Mr. Mime without going to Europe. I can't get Kangaskhan without going to Australia. Once that's put in perspective, I can totally see them going, all right, here's Zapdos. It's only in Chicago, only at this event. No, I, I I can see that. I agree. I just, I think a lot of people, it's just like, it's kind of like you, you, you put a little crack into the armor and then that's what people are going to chisel away at to, to kind of break in. And it's like, hmm, all right. Even though, yes, everybody's aware Mr. Mime is only in Europe and, you know, that Farfetch is only in Japan or whatever, like that doesn't have that additional little piece of the paywall of having to have a ticket. And it's like almost like, well, I could have done this, but you put it out of my reach, not in a gameplay kind of fashion, but like in a real world dollars fashion. So, I mean, that's where I can see people getting annoyed. Again, I don't, I, I'm not on either side of the fence. Like, I can totally see them doing this. I can totally see them not doing this. But I feel like they would do this just based on these region specific Pokemon on top of. If they're actually releasing legendary Pokemon, like let's say Mewtwo is at Chicago, everyone there, I how, I don't even know how the catching aspect works. Like, does does Mewtwo run away from some people? Does does everyone catch them? How? Oh, let's just say that the twelve thousand people that are there, they all walk away with Mewtwo. Mewtwo would actually probably be one of the rarest Pokemon in Pokemon Go. Whereas if they put Mewtwo at every McDonald's. For just a Saturday, you would then be saying that Farfetch or Kangaskhan or Mr. Mime, you would be saying that those Pokemon are rarer than your legendary. No, I agree with that. And I was, you know, I'm thinking that it's kind of like how the original Mew distribution happened, where, you know, you had to go to a specific place and hope that they still had Mews available to distribute. I mean, there wasn't a cost involved, but it certainly, you know, required more than your typical pokemon collecting uh effort in order to accomplish it but my one thing like the when i've been thinking about this the one thing that i kind of frame it in my head that i think might be acceptable um is similar to back when destiny was first launching and at i think it was pax west they had like if you were at pax west you could get the blacksmith armor yes, something the like shader. that the shader and like that was the only way you could get the shader. But then like a year later, they're like, oh, here, everybody can have the blacksmith shader. So it's like it was special for a period of time, but then they just made it more generally available oh, for everyone. I see what you're and then I think that's okay. I think that's yeah, I think that's okay too. I mean, you're buying your six months of I have Mewtwo and nobody else does. And and I mean, you also get to hang out with a bunch of Pokemon Go playing nerds. Yeah. In Chicago, the worst city on earth. I, I will I will be there. I, I plan on buying tickets. I plan on I'm being there. I'm assuming tickets are gonna sell very fast. I'm not sure how much they're gonna cost. My guess is they're gonna be forty. That would be that would be my guess. Free? No, I don't I don't think free at all. Did you say forty? Forty. Forty, yeah. Four zero. That would four zero mm, too much. You think so? 
Yeah, now it's got to be 25 to 30. I would say 40, but you're getting something. You're getting like a swag bag when you walk in. That would be... A, a, a swag bag with a fidget spinner in it. I mean, come on. <laughs> These people, they got to make money. This is this is like West Coast elites who thinking like looking down on mid-america and they're like oh we're gonna take these people for all their cash and make 30 dollars off a profit off of a you know ten dollar ticket i have no faith in niantic's ability to not be greedy my, my guess would be that they're gonna do the chicago event they're i think the more i think about the fact that there are region specific pokemon the more i am convincing myself that they're going to do a legendary here it just doesn't make sense to make your legendary easier to get than a Farfetch. It it just Let me ask you this. How would you feel if they don't do a legendary because they're gonna save that for some worldwide event on their anniversary? This this doesn't happen on the anniversary, does it? This is this is the anniversary, yeah. This is their one year okay, anniversary. Okay. Hmm. I was so I was gonna say, what if they don't do a legendary and instead they make any Pokemon that are not typically available in that region available? in that location on that time. I, so yeah, I wanted to talk about that. Ex- excellent transition, Will. If you look at the Thank Pokemon you. Go Fest picture, I, w- I would assume that a intern didn't make the graphic for this image because there's very specific things that are happening in the Pokemon and in, in the image itself. So you see Charizard, you see Venusaur, you see Blastoise, you have, your, you have Pikachu, you have Butterfree, you have Snorlax, and then on top of Snorlax, you have uh, Larvitar, and then behind Larvitar, you see a, a Meryl and a Togepi. And then above Blastoise, you see an unknown. And then if you look behind Charizard, and there's a bunch of Pokestops too, you see Heracross. Heracross is a region-specific Pokemon. You cannot get Heracross in America. So why would they put Heracross in this image in Chicago, because obviously in the background of this image is is what's supposed to look like Chicago. Why would they do that? Um, unless they're putting regions, like they're letting the people who come to Chicago for this event get a chance to get Kangaskhan and and Mr. Mime and Heracross and stuff like that. Or maybe they just did it because Heracross is a really popular Gen 2 Pokemon? No, I can't imagine they did it because of that. I feel like this is so, I feel like this is really they're teasing something here. So if okay, let me back up. If they do a legendary Pokemon at Chicago, cool. I'm not going to be upset. Even if I wasn't going, I wouldn't be upset because I think the legendary Pokemon need to be rarer than the region specific Pokemon. And so if they do do it, I I get it. I understand it and I totally get that people will be upset about that. If they do not do it, Again, I don't really care. They're eventually going to do it. I'm sure they're going to make it difficult or or it's it's not like Mewtwo's just going to spawn in your backyard. I'm assuming that you have to physically go somewhere to do it, whether that's going to be we're going to do Mewtwo at all targets or we're going to do Mewtwo at Starbucks or or Walmarts. There's going to be some sort of travel slash event holding it. If they do regional Pokemon, if they say, hey, at the Chicago event, we're going to do Heracross, and we're going to do Farfetch, and we're going to do Kangaskhan, I might actually like that better, because I have zero plans to travel. Like, maybe in the next year or two, I will go to Japan, but there's no way in the next year or two I'm going to go to Europe, Japan, and Australia, especially just to get one Pokemon in Pokemon Go. 
And I saw that some people were kind of like, no, they shouldn't do that. Region Pokemon should be region specific. Why not have them at the Chicago event? Once they introduce trading, none of that matters. Like when I was at PAX in Seattle last year, I met these amazing people from Australia. And if they were playing Pokemon Go, I'm sure they would have enough Kangaskhan to give me and I could easily give them a Tauros. Like that situation is slowly going to start to close itself. Like, yeah, it's going to be still hard to get a Kangaskhan because you're going to have to meet somebody that goes to Australia. But I think that's... And you have to meet them in person because I, I believe the, the rumor was trading has to be person to person. Or like in person to in person. But the Heracross has to mean something. It has... I can't, I can't imagine out of the 240-some Pokemon, 230-some Pokemon that are available in Pokemon Go, they would make that mistake of, oh, actually, Heracross isn't in America. Just stop trying to national treasure this one picture. You're... <laughs> let's let's go even deeper, Will. Nicholas Cage. Let's go even deeper. So above Heracross is another unknown. I don't have the sources in front of me, but I'm pretty sure unknown is the hardest Pokemon to find in Pokemon Go. It has the high, the lowest spawn rate or whatever. So if you see unknown, it's the rarest. And I'm pretty sure Tyranitar is the second hardest Pokemon to find in Pokemon Go, which was why I think it's interesting that they show a Larvitar on top of Snorlax. But that's just going down another rabbit hole. So the unknown above Heracross is the, exclama the exclamation mark unknown, which, well, I bet you know, that was introduced in Gen 3. I didn't know that. The exclamation, I actually didn't know that until a week ago, because, <laughs> you know, unknown is not on the front of my mind uh, all the time. The exclamation mark unknown and the question mark unknown were introduced in Gen 3. So where, where are you seeing this image? Because I'm looking at an image on the specific site and I do not see any unknowns. Oh, I see the Heracross. Okay. It's, it's right above the Heracross. It's really faint. Wow. Yeah. It's like almost like we're trying to. It's this, almost let like you know that it's there. They're teasing something. It's almost like they're teasing something. My guess would be that the Chicago event will have the first legendary and the Chicago event and or the Chicago event will have region specific Pokemon. And then my guess is come this fall, they're going to release Gen 3. So after they fix the gyms and I don't, I'm assuming they're going to do trading be be between that and and Gen 3. Well, all we can do is assume and speculate yeah. until it actually happens. And it's fun. And, it's, and, and we'll probably be wrong, and that's okay. But hey, we, we, we talked about it at least. So we'll, we'll have more details soon. This event isn't until uh, July 22nd. Tickets go on sale. We'll have one more podcast before tickets, at least one more podcast before tickets go on sale. So, uh, and then we'll have what, like four weeks after tickets go on sale to continue to talk about this. But we'll do that when the, when the time comes. Apple had a keynote this week. The only reason I bring up this is Apple had their WWDC keynote. They talked about Pokemon Go slightly. Uh, and then they kind of went in and talked about their AR kit, which is the augmented reality platform that Pokemon Go uses. Uh, this is off Polygon. I just want to read a little bit of this. We don't have to spend much time talking about this. I just think this is interesting uh, in Pokemon Go's viewpoint. Uh, when Pokemon Go launched last year on Android and iOS, it revolutionized the way people think about games on a phone. Pokemon Go became a craze that didn't die down until later that fall. For many, 
It was a look into the power of AR technology that could do for an average smartphone user. First, for Apple, it was the first piece of software that the company saw a profitable means of development and helped reinforce the entire sector of the company. During the 2016 investor call, Apple CEO Tim Cook was asked about the success of Pokemon Go. Cook said, by the third week of July, the game had more downloads than any other app in the company's history, according to Apple. Cook said that it was a promising statistic and proved that AR can be really great. Quote, we have been and continue to invest in AR in the long run, Cook said. We'll, we'll see whether it's the next computing platform, but regardless, it will be huge. During the most recent, during WWDC presentation, Apple showed off a number of ways AR kit can be used in applications and games that will run through it. Front and center was a better version of Pokemon Go that will remain exclusive to the iPhone paired with Apple's newest iOS, iOS 11. They then showed some other games regarding Lord of the Rings, uh, director Peter Jackson Studio, blah, blah, blah. And yeah, they go more in depth about AR. But if you are an iOS Pokemon Go player, the AR experience will be much better as soon as iOS 11 comes out, which is scheduled this fall. Why are they making me wait so long? <laughs> I mean, don't most people just turn off the AR part? Yeah, because really, it, it makes it harder to catch Pokemon. It, well, that and it destroys your battery. It uses so much battery power when it's on. Which, which oh, But you use the iPhone with the small battery. Yeah, I have the tiny iPhone. All right, one more. I don't. I mean, I have the big iPhone, so I have no battery concerns at all. Big iPhone. One more news article here before we get to the Nintendo, or the Pokemon Direct. Uh, Magikarp Jump fishes up a lot of new content with a new update. This is off comicbook.com. Magikarp Jump released its first big update today, which added a surprising amount of new content in the game. In addition to raising the maximum player and Magikarp levels, Magikarp Jump also added the Heal League as a new place for players to test their Magikarp jumping ability. After beating the Heal League, players can find six new types of Magikarp with a brown and apricot skin colors. In addition, two new support Pokemon were added to the game. Greninja will give your Magikarp a massive amount of JP, which is jump power, while Gengar will give your Magikarp a 50% boost to all JP gained for a minute after it's activated. Also added were two new decorations. One is automatically earned by beating the heal league two new food options and two new types of high level training and that's uh that's pretty much it you still playing well, you still playing the jump i mean typically i only play when we record on sundays so i mean we've our, missed our out recordings this week. are that boring that you need to <laughs> i mean well it says more about magikarp jump that you know it doesn't take that much thought so it's like you're just kind of poking at the screen. There's not a lot of decisions to make. <laughs> I did lose a Magikarp to a Pidgeot, and that was disappointing. But <sighs> no, it just doesn't hold my interest. I've got, you like, I'm playing Pokemon Sun. I'm still playing Monster Hunter. I'm doing a little crochet project here and there. I got lots of stuff to fill my time. I don't know. if Are you still playing Shuffle? No. Are you still playing Rumble World? No. And I don't, I can't play um, Picross anymore either because the final puzzles that I have left take too long, and it's just like an amount of time that I don't have to available to set aside doing a Picross puzzle. But you played those slow and steady for months, very much like I play Monster Hunter now, <laughs> one monster to kill every day. 
I feel like Magikarp Jump is fits your criteria of it's free, it's Pokemon, you can play it for a long time and not put money into it. You can do it, for example, every morning or every night. All right, I might consider... Come back to me next week. We'll I'm see. Not, I'm not trying we'll to convince if you. If you've persuaded me. I'm not trying to convince you. I just feel like... I mean, you are you are 100% right that it is pretty mindless. Not that engaging. I... I I tone down my magic carp jump. I now usually just play when I wake up. I play when I'm eating lunch and then I play right before I go to bed just because you hit the you hit all your pokemon resets. Your Poplios and your Slowpokes and your Rowlets, got to reset them all. All right, let's get to the I have so much to say about this Pokemon Direct, of course, right? I don't want to get ahead of myself. So, first I'll read I'll read the official press release that TCPI sent me, and then we'll we'll go from there. Pokemon is making its way to the Nintendo Switch later this year with Pokemon Tournament DX, along with all the content from both the Wii U and the arcade versions of Pokemon Tournament, the Pokemon fighting game where Pokemon in battle move in direct response to players' actions. Pokemon Tournament DX also introduces an array of new exciting features. To create the ultimate Pokemon experience, Pokemon Tournament DX features include play Pokemon anytime, anywhere on the Nintendo Switch, play it in TV mode, handheld mode, or share a Joy-Con with another trainer to battle them in one-on-one in tabletop mode anywhere. Brand new fighter, Decidueye, enters the battle alongside, alongside all previous Pokemon from the Wii U and the arcade versions. The arcade version had like Darkrai and stuff that wasn't in the Wii U version. Remember when we got that really angry email that we were wrong, that all the arcade Pokemon were on the Wii U disc, and we were, it was unbelievable that they would remake it for Switch? It doesn't matter that they're on the disc. They're not going to unlock them. Yep. No. (laughs) I agree. (laughs) Well, well, I mean, it happened, of course. Why would they not remake this game and make more money? Uh, new support Pokemon Litten and Poplio make their debut to lend their support in battle. Team mode battle, pick three Pokemon and battle it out. The first to defeat all of your opponent's Pokemon win this new battle mode. Uh, group match mode, find similarly skilled players in battle room for intense and fun battles online. Daily challenges, complete a variety of daily challenges. Watch battle replays, hone your skills by watching other players' replays and share your best matches. Uh, online with the replay feature and finally jump straight into the battle all characters and support pokemon will be available right from the start of the game pokemon tournament dx will launch on nintendo switch september 22nd 2017 so let's stop there let's worry about the other news later this was an eight minute direct five of those minutes six of those minutes were dedicated to this game yeah this is not a a, a new tactic by Pokemon. No. <laughs> no. I do want to point out, though, that all the games they showed, none of them were new. They were all just enhanced versions or old versions of games that have existed. Yeah, I mean, the point of the Pokin, the, the, the portion of it that featured it was a discussion of Pokin or uh, sort of a, I, I don't know, display, what, what do you want to call it? The, the ad for Pokin was the fact that the dude was like traveling through all of these different situations and he was able to play Pokemon in whatever situation he was in. It's the almost like down. it's almost like the Nintendo Switch is like yeah. a handheld console. Kind of. It's almost like they tried to tell that story. 
And they have been telling that story in every single Switch commercial. No one's playing at home. I don't want, again, I don't want to get in my, ahead of myself, but you're, this guy plays Pokin everywhere outside. He plays at a restaurant. He plays at a broken train. He plays in a park. And then when he gets to his house, you see people playing a 3DS inside their home. Shouldn't it be the other way around? If the Nintendo Switch is this home console, shouldn't they be playing at home and the people with the DSs should be outside? I just thought it was really... I just thought that was funny. The big boys play the Switch. The little boys play the 3DS. Oh, I see. That's what what that was. That was the story. (laughs) I am not planning on buying Pokin for the Switch. Well, no, because I could beat you at Pokin for the Wii U, and that would continue, and you will not play any game that I can beat you at. Will retired me from Pokin Tournament. Exactly. I'm not big on fighting games. I think Pokin is, is cool. I think there are better fighting games. If I was to play a fighting game, Pokin has the appeal of Pokemon, but there are other fighting games that I have enjoyed more in the past, like, like Soul Calibur, for example. I think it makes... A lot of sense that they're making this game again since it didn't have an opportunity to really shine on Wii U. And I think we're going to see this with more games. I would not be surprised at E3 if we see Super Smash Brothers DX, just like we saw Mario Kart DX or Deluxe. Oh, 100%. Like the last like 1.5 years of the Wii U is just going to be replicated on the Switch. Right. Heck, we're going to get, uh, what's the Witch game? Um, Bayonetta. We're going to get Bayonetta Switch. I think so. Yeah, I think so too. And I think that's fine. Those games were made. They didn't sell as well as they could because of the hardware it was on. I think that's all fine. And that's why we were so confident that those old characters in Pokken weren't going to come because they're putting their efforts through here. I think what this speaks more of, though, is the Nintendo's Switch competitive viewpoint that they're really pushing. If you look at Splatoon and you look at ARMS, and now you look at Pokin. These are all extremely competitive games that they are pushing all summer. And I think that's interesting. Uh, None of those games I I am a fan of. (laughs) I think if I was to pick out of the three, uh, Splatoon would be the one that would most garnish my attention. Even with all these new features, I played 30 or so hours of Pokin, and I feel like I got my, my fill of that game. Well, and I mean, yeah, I mean, Splatoon for you because you love FPSs, but yeah, I just, I, well, I mean, what it's hard to say, right? I, I can't say that I need a story for me to be able to enjoy a game because, boy, I do enjoy the heck out of Monster Hunter and no stories, minimal story. I mean, you can, you can read the little dialogues and kind of put pieces together of what's happening to certain people and PCs and such. But it's just like that battle arena. Just mm, no, I. I, I guess the skills that you have to develop. It's that's not what brings enjoyment for me. Um, I do have. I mean, I have a friend who like literally the only video games that he plays are fighting games, and like that is his jam. Uh, it is. I just I can't comprehend it. I just it doesn't speak to me. So. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, Empoleon is is cool, but I mean, I have an Empoleon in uh, my living Pokedex, so there you go. I think the the whole presentation of that was fantastic, though. Like, that commercial, or whatever you want to call it, made me excited for Pokemon. 
Well, it kind of made me want to travel the world and have fun. And then I realized I'm too old to stay in hostels. So that's not going to happen. <laughs> I wonder if Pokin will get more after this. And I say that because there is a big push for arms and... They said, you know, all future content will be free. We're going to add more arms. We're going to add more characters. We're going to add more arenas. And they said the same exact thing for Splatoon. We're going to add more guns. We're going to add more modes. We're going to add more arenas. And Pokin is now on that, on that pillar of these three games are your summer competitive games. So I wonder if they're going to do the same for Pokin. I think Pokin suffers from a smaller roster. My complaint, and if I don't know if other people share this, my complaint is I didn't like the 3D from the back into like a 2D space. Yeah, Ew, that conversion and the yeah, mm, and no. and your your moves were different in that 3D space than they were in the 2D space, and the 2D space is still 3D. Don't get me wrong. But it was 3D as the way Tekken was 3D of, okay, we're in 3D, but we're consistently looking at each other and we can sidestep. Clearly, Pokken is based on Tekken. Just look at the names. And Pokken is made by Namco Bandai. So this clear... We know Game Freak is working on a Switch game. We know Pokken isn't it because Game Freak doesn't make Pokken. So that kind of clears up that, that area. But if there was a mode in the game that was just like, hey, we're just gonna do the we're just gonna do the Tekken stuff and not that open 3D stuff, I would actually probably be down to buy that version. Or at least have that mode in the game because I I just didn't like that view swap. Well, and you also have to learn a different control mechanic when it swaps. Right. It, it actually changes your your guard hit and all that biz. So yeah. I mean, obviously, I did not get drawn in by Pokemon Tournament. I only got it so that I could beat you, and I only beat you by like spamming the A button. So yeah, and then sixty dollars well as much spent. As you get. You know, sixty dollars well spent was my Overwatch. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So during the Pokemon commercial, we get to the two little boys in the house. Papa brother or whoever that was brought the kids 3DS games. Uh, I'll read the press release here. During the Pokemon Direct, viewers also saw first footage from the newest titles in the Pokemon series, Pokemon Ultra Sun and Pokemon Ultra Moon. Two new Pokemon forms are shown, resembling that of the legendary Pokemon Solgaleo and Lunala. Pokemon Ultra Sun and Pokemon Moon have been powered up with new additions to the story and features from Pokemon Sun and Pokemon Moon. Pokemon Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon are scheduled to be released worldwide on November 17th. More information about the games will be revealed later this year. What are your thoughts? I have a lot to say, but... So my fundamental thoughts are... A, yes, obviously something in line with Black and White 2. Do you think this is Black and White 2, or do you think this is Platinum? Because I would say those are... No, 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 net, 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 net. Platinum, but by saying something in line with Black and White 2, I mean the fact that it's a fusion of Necrozma and whatever legendary. Oh, Necrozma. They're, 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 yes. They're, they're not even hinting at that. They're like almost saying it explicitly that that is like the core of the game. It is, yeah, no, it's Platinum. It is Pokemon Sun and Moon. You get different clothes. You get a little bucket hat. That's real cute. Different kind of shorts. 
but you're going to basically be following the same story path with adjustments. So maybe it's like Team Skull and the other Ether Foundation are swapped. I don't know. I I didn't get to play <laughs> Platinum. So right, the end goal is going to be different. There, there's going to be some some changes along the line so that the ending comes out different. But it's not going to be like five years later, here's what's happening in Alola and, and that kind of an adventure. That's, that's super important right there because based off the verbiage they've used and Pokemon is very specific, they're very detailed when it comes to the verbiage they use, the press releases they send out, the trailers they show. When you look at Platinum or Emerald or Crystal, they were more or less the same stories with minor changes some additions, some extra content. When you look at Black and White 2, that game, yes, it's set in the same generation, but that game is set five years later from the first story. They're telling an all-new story to the point where Sharon and Bianca are, are older and they're guiding you in a totally different way than they, they were. And Will, you can speak to the changes more than I can since Generation 5 is your favorite, but... Black and White 2 was not just an addition. No, and there was literally a component of the game where you could import some of the save information from Pokemon Black and White so that as you're going through the story of Black and White 2, people have memories of what your protagonist in Black and White did as part of the story. Flashbacks and such like that. If this was a, if this was a full sequel like Black and White 2, they would have said so, like they did with Black and White 2. The, the very first press release that Black and White 2 sent out honed in on an entirely new story. And they didn't really say much more until a later date. Yeah, I mean, and you started in a different town and you, you followed a whole different path to, to, well, until you got into the point where the paths crossed. But, I mean, it was definitely a, a different game. And, I mean, just, like, there's, like, hints about similarities to Black and White 2. Obviously, Colrus is very visible in... Sorry, spoilers for a game that's been out for seven months now, but he's very visible in Alola. So that was like your kind of indication that there would be some kind of Pokemon fusion type DNA splicers deal going on. And he wasn't just there to hand out the pieces. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, we'll see. It's just, yeah, it's going to be an enhancement. Obviously, they've shown new screen footage, so there's new cut scenes and probably some new areas that you'll go to but we I saw think the it, pikachu yeah, area a, which is a new area yeah. i that would fall under new additions um yeah it's i think it's like an alternate telling of the same story that informs the original story it expands enough in a way so that we will have more information about what was really happening in pokemon sun and moon like what what is going on with Moan? You know, why does he like not care about his children and family? <laughs> uh, maybe some more information about the ultra wormholes and the relationship between ultra beasts and Pokemon, since obviously they can be captured and stored just like Pokemon and eat berries and beans and such. So, I mean, it's, it's going to give us more information on that. So it's going to be a more, a fuller game, but not, to the point where you're going to be lear le learning a, new, a whole new story. Yeah, no, and you know what? Team Skull and the Ether Foundation aren't going to swap. Team Skull are still going to be lunkheads. I would be amazed and pleased 
if they do something to change the presentation of Team Skull. Because obviously we didn't see any Team Skull in this teaser trailer, right? Yeah. They didn't appear at all. We just saw the protagonist characters, new clothes, and some new cutscenes. They could possibly fix some of the issues that people had with Team Skull, but it's Japan. <laughs> Let's address some, some things. Do you think new Mega Pokemon? N- no Mega Pokemon. This is not the generation for Megas. So Do no. you think new Alolan forms? I would strongly suspect that since that was one of my most disappointing parts of Black and White 2, that yes, there will be new Alolan forms. I think so too. Possibly in new areas that you have to go to, or you know, new areas that you come across, that that's where you'll find them, which I hope would be the case, because that makes more logic. Uh, It's a more logically consistent universe if you do that that way. (laughs) I would hope that the next bit of news we'll talk about, which is Gold and Silver coming to the Virtual Console, that that's a sign that we will get Generation 2 Alolan forms, I don't want any more Generation 1 of Lowland Forms. I think it, if they're going to stick with that formula, all Pokemon across all generations can have Mega Forms, but not everyone. I hope that it's all Pokemon across every generation can have alternative forms, but not everyone. So I hope that we do get some Generation 2 Alolan Forms. I think that would be great. Do you think it's too soon? Uh, I think... Possibly because of some other things that we've discussed, which I don't know if you want to talk about or not, that probably no, it is not too soon. Okay. I have some numbers here. These numbers are just averages. You know, if I'm, I, if I'm, uh, if I'm way off, please let me know. But from red and green to yellow, this is weird too because... Not every Pokemon game has had worldwide releases. Like Japan got certain games way before us, or sometimes it was only three months before us. But I'm saying red and green, not red and blue. So from red and green to yellow, there was 31 months in between. So over two years. L- little less than three years is a better way to say that. Okay, that's fair. And I wouldn't say that yellow is that dramatically different than, than red, green, or blue. I, you, they added the Pikachu followed you. It was easier to get the three starters. They added Team Rocket at certain points, but for the, for the same, for all intents and purposes, did I say that right? Intense. That is correct. Yes. It's the same story. So 31 months between those games. From Gold and Silver to Crystal, 19 months. From Ruby and Sapphire to Emerald, 23 months. From Diamond and Pearl to Platinum, 2 years, 24 months. From Black and White to Black and White 2, 20 months from sun and moon to ultra sun and moon 12 months i mean they're they're getting better at programming congrats <laughs> not even not even a full year i'm pretty sure that sun and moon came out on november 18th and these games are coming out on november 17th 364 days not even a full year i've said this before i don't want my pokemon games to be call of duty I don't want a Pokemon game, ever, a main series Pokemon game every year. Sure, give me your Pokemon shuffles in between. Give me your mystery dungeons in between. Give me something to hold me over. But I think it's really special to have a main series game. And I'm not saying I, don't, I won't play Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon. I just worry that there will be burnout for some people. Well, that was like me playing um, Omega Ruby, where I had like literally re- very recently played Emerald. And I was like... 
wow, this story over again. <laughs> They're going to have to really wow me to to impress me with. Obviously, I'm going to play it, but for for me to put some real interest in it, especially also because I just started playing Pokemon Sun. So if I take my leisurely time getting through that, I may just be finishing that up when Ultra Sun Ultra Moon come out. It was it wasn't even a week or so ago. I was considering playing Pokemon Moon just because I didn't really want to do anything more in Sun. Like yeah, I could get Ultra Beast, but I kind of wanted to g- I kind of wanted to go through the story again at a slower pace since I played through that game so fast to That to- is exactly what I'm doing. Uh but now Plus, that but you- now that they announced this, why why bother? Well, so I mean the one other recommendation I could make for you that's really keeping me having fun now playing Pokemon Sun is I have built like the most unrealistic for the newcomer to Alola team. I like I don't think I, oh I have Mimikyu on there, but it's like a lot of Gen 5 Pokemon and <laughs> other Pokemon that I all hatched from eggs and it's like why why is Darumaka available on the first island <laughs> and like my starter? So that makes it fun for me. Okay. Let's address the elephant in the room here. These games are on 3DS. They are not on Nintendo Switch. Supposedly. <laughs> I, f- I, I feel the same way. Anywhere you look, there's going to be debate about this, whether that's Reddit, Twitter, Facebook, our Slack community. This was a huge topic of conversation. These games got announced for 3DS. They did not get announced for Switch. So far. So far. Let's back up. Why did everyone think they were going to be announced for Switch? On November 17th, 2016, Eurogamer started all of this. They reported that Game Freak was working on a third version of Pokemon Sun and Moon that was codenamed, never the final name, just codenamed Stars. That was the... Really the one and only rumor that we ever got about this. I think, it, I think it's safe to say that there was a lot of trust put into that rumor based on what Eurogamer reported on before, which was a week to two weeks before the Nintendo Switch came out. They got the price right. They got the screen right. They got the date right. They got everything right about the Nintendo Switch. So then after the Nintendo Switch press conference happened... Sun and Moon came out. They reported on stars. It's hard to say they're just lying about this when clearly they got a lot right just a month ago about the Nintendo Switch. When we all started playing Pokemon Sun and Moon, it was night and day. You instantly noticed the, the slowdown that happened. You noticed right away that, hey, they're not really doing anything with the bottom screen. You notice that they removed the PPS system. The upscaling. Oh, and then the, the big upscaling thing that happened where people who dumped the ROM on a computer saw how good looking this game could be. Like, wow, they put a lot of effort and time into these sprites for a system that can't handle it at all. So you have. Can't, can't resolve them accurately. Right. Or so you, sufficiently. Yeah. You have those points of actually playing the game and seeing all these kind of odd choices that happened, and you have the Eurogamer rumor. On top of, don't forget that Game Freak has been confirmed working on a Nintendo Switch game, and it's not Pokin. We know it's not Pokin. So that's where this all, all this built from. And then they went ahead and they said, hey, this is going to be on 
the 3DS, and it's going to be on the Switch to be determined. And then everyone said, oh, it is going to be on the Switch. You just didn't say so it wait, in your trailer. The, the, the press release said on the Switch to be determined. Yes. and then Right, the original press release. Then Kotaku reached out to them, and they replied, whoop, sorry, we messed up. Nope, nope, not going to be on Switch. Exclusively 3DS. Not going to be on Switch. Don't know how that got into the press release. <laughs> For a company that is so dedicated to controlling their message, whether that's through text, whether that's through Twitter, whether that's through a eight-minute direct. How did they mess that up? How did they put out a press release and say that this 3DS game is also going to be on the Nintendo Switch? And then 10 minutes later go, whoops, that was a mistake. Um, carelessness? Uh the person who was in charge of that press release was overworked and underpaid and a little tired at the end of the day and they just took the monster hunter press release and swapped out the main text <laughs> look i don't i don't at the end of the day i don't care i would be very excited and i would buy a switch version if that's the case if that's what they show at e3 awesome i don't think anyone doubted for a second that it wasn't also going to be on 3ds there are 66 million 3ds's out there there are only 3 million Switches out there. I'm rounding up. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I agree with you. If, if it can be on both, it will be on both. That's how you sell more copies. If it's not on the Switch, then what is Game Freak working on? If it's not on the Switch, why did that press release have that mistake? If it's not on the Switch, what was Eurogamer talking about? If it's not on the Switch, then why does the game run so poorly? I still do not buy for a second that the number one best-selling handheld game throughout all these years, maybe Tetris beats it, I'm not sure, but Pokemon is the second biggest franchise in the world following Mario, and that game runs like garbage on the new Nintendo 3DS, on the system that they put out for to, compar to make up for this six-year-old piece of hardware, they made a better system with a better processor that could run games better, and this game does not run better. It runs like garbage. Well, in your opinion, I, <laughs> I think you're a little too critical. I don't really, unless I'm looking for it, I don't really notice these things, but you tend to be more critical about these things than I do. I mean, it didn't stop me from playing it. When you look back, or when you look at showpieces for your, your system, and you and Pokemon's going to be up there with Mario Kart of like, these were the games that carried the 3DS. It's just kind of weird that one of the games that carried the 3DS didn't run great on the 3DS. <laughs> I want to talk about the Switch as a handheld. So let's say Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon. Also, for example, before I, before I start this rant, I will say that I'm going to play Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon. I am excited because I do want to go back to Alola. What I am the most curious about that probably no one else is thinking about is are they going to include those Pokemon Go ribbons in Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon? Because we, we were told that Go was supposed to transfer to Sun and Moon. There are the little icons in the game that say that this Pokemon is from Pokemon Go. I want to know if those ribbons still exist in the new game because I want to know if they have given up on that or if they're still working on that. I don't know. That's just something I care about personally. Okay, back to the Switch. With all this debate of, oh, I wish it was Diamond and Pearl, or I wish it was Stars on Switch, or I wish it was this, I wish it was that. 
The thing I kind of see that happens between these conversations is why would the Pokemon company put Pokemon on a console that is a home console? And I'm sick of hearing that that argument. Do you really do people really think that there's going to be a 4DS or there's going to be a new Game Boy <laughs> or a why would Nintendo do that? Why would you make a portable system when the Switch exists with a slightly smaller screen and what, a worse processor? Why? The 3DS came out six years ago and launched with Steel Diver. It's not like it had a good library when it launched. And then all of us got, did it launch, actually didn't it launch at 250? And then we all got ambassador programs because they apologized. Yep. That's, oh, that's what I was just going to say, is that the, the Switch is going to drop by $100 by probably December of this year. Oh, They're no, just no, not to make sure that it's year. long enough. I, I wouldn't say it two would years? drop. I would say they would put in one to two games before they drop it. They're gonna, okay, okay. They're going to stick like Mario Kart and, and, I don't know, Splatoon 1 or something. They're just not going to ambassador program that because they lost some money on that. I've got those sweet, sweet original Mario games and Zelda games because of that. Switch launches at two ninety nine. Three DS originally launches at two fifty. What possible handheld could they release that wouldn't eat the Switch's lunch, or vice versa? The Switch is just going to eat its lunch. I have a quote from Masuda that I think is very important. And I think, well, hopefully our listeners end this conversation about Pokemon being on, quote unquote, a home console. Because watch any trailer with the Switch. The Switch is always outside. The Switch is always on a train. The Switch is in a park at a party. It's never just, it might end or start in somebody's home, but the Switch is a portable console. It is the handheld. If anything was to blow my mind, it would be Nintendo releasing another handheld and trying to have both that and the Switch on the market. Here's a quote from Masuda from Kotaku, 2015. Quote, There are different types of people out there, people who want to play at home at their own pace and really just enjoy the world, and people who want to play with other players and meet them in real life. What I've always said about the reason why we put Pokemon on the handheld system is the handheld system allows you to do both. You can play at your own pace at home, but you can also meet with other people. And I think that's the power of Pokemon is the power of communication. Pokemon brings people together. And I really like that element, which is why we continue to put them out on handhelds. But there are a lot of people who want a home console version. We know, especially with internet features that let people battle and trade. But the way that handhelds allow people to come together if we could figure out how to make that happen on consoles, it would be an option on the future. But right now, that's just not possible. If you've ever been in an audience at the Pokemon World Championships, that's my ideal for Pokemon. All these people gathering together and playing with each other. If there were a way a console could enable that, it might be an option. But right now, handheld it is. End quote. Where was that quote from? Time, date, and where was it printed? That was January 27th, 2015 on Kotaku, UK. 2015. Interesting date. It was right after, it was after X and Y, because they talk about X and Y. Possibly at a time when he would be aware of the development of a new device called the Nintendo Switch. The, hmm. the Switch is it. It has to be it. 
th- and this isn't even a conversation if Ultra Moon and Ultra Sun doesn't come to Switch. I think at that point, it's irrelevant. If it doesn't come to Switch, fine. Let them sell their however many, however many millions of copies on the 3DS because there are 66 million 3DSs out there. But I think the conversation starts and ends at eventually we are getting a full Pokemon game on Switch. There's no way another main series game is coming to 3DS. Or they stop making Pokemon games altogether. <laughs> yeah, that, that would probably be the best outcome, really. <laughs> I think that quote, though, is, is probably the most important thing, though, that we've said in the last hour. I, no, I think so. I think that that's very telling. I think that the time when he would have said that at a time where he might have knowledge of the plans to have the Switch, where he could say, okay... I'm aware of this. I can't say anything about it directly, but boy, this actually meets directly with the vision that I have for this game. So I'm going to telegraph that this is coming in two to three years. And and if they announce Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon at E3 on Switch, which I think would be fantastic only because that's where I would prefer to play it, Monster Hunter Cross has already shown us it is possible to play and trade, or not trade, but play between a Switch and a 3DS. This would be a good way of giving Switch owners something to play. Like, hey, I'm not into, I'm not into fighting games. I'm not into third person shooters. I'm not into fighting games. The first fighting game was Pokémon. The second fighting game was Arms. I want a story based adventure. All my friends are playing Pokemon. This might be a good opportunity because the Switch doesn't have a lot of stuff right now to get into that and still be able to play with 3DS owners, still be able to transfer my Pokemon up. If Monster Hunter can transfer game data between a Switch and a 3DS, which it, which we learned two weeks ago that it can, then we know something like Pokemon Bank would work. Well, also, my, my two things that I would have to contribute to this are, one... I believe the Pokemon cartridges used to have built in the method of communicating for doing the local wireless link trades. This may be completely wrong, but I think at one point they did because the 2DS did not support that. So they built it into the cartridge to support it. So for the people saying, all right, you can't do cross-platform between a 3DS and a Switch, maybe they can build that into the cartridges. So that it'll do the cross-platform based on the cartridge, number one. Number two, it is now however many days after the original announcement, and the website, PokemonSunMoon.com, whatever, is like empty. All it shows is the Necrozma forms of the legendaries. It doesn't show the new trainers. It doesn't even show as much as that trailer showed. So they're waiting for something else to come where it's going to be like a big glut of information to make that website something real. I mean, that's at least my point of view. The Pokemon Direct obviously happened a week before E3 because I don't think what they would have announced at E3, I think what if they announced what they did at E3, it would have got lost in the shuffle. They announced... Uh- Three. Well, there was also another issue that I saw that um, Koro Koro is going to publish before the E3 Nintendo date, so they wanted to get in front of that. Okay, but when you're when you're looking at when when all eyes are on E3, a lot of stuff can get lost, especially when you know big games like oh a God of War game is coming back or Last of Us Two or 
one verse 100 on Xbox, which I think they should bring back. That would make me buy an Xbox. But if Nintendo was to spend eight minutes of their direct showing three rehashes of old games, that would have gotten completely lost. But if they get up on stage at E3 and they just show Switch game, Switch game, Switch game, Switch game, Switch game, and one of those Switch games is Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon, now that's not going to get lost in the shuffle. That's not going to upset 3DS owners right off the bat because they got their news, they got everything they're satisfied for. Everything they show at the E3 stage is to get people wanting to buy a Switch. Whereas announcing, it wouldn't make sense to announce that at a Pokemon Direct because that news is big enough at E3 to make it matter. So we're just going to announce the 3DS version here. We'll announce the Switch version here. And if there is no Switch version, that's fine. That's still going back to what I said earlier. Okay, so what is Game Freak working on? And two... We're going to get a Pokemon game eventually, so if it's not Switch, then I will welcome a new generation or something else instead. I think that's all very well said. Last bit of news here is also announced the second titles in the Pokemon series, Pokemon Gold and Silver, will be making their way to the Nintendo 3DS Virtual Console. Pokemon Gold and Silver were released in Japan on November 21st, 1999 as the second set of titles in the Pokemon series. These games, which debuted as Game Boy Color games in Japan, are being recreated for the virtual console versions, such as their screens appeared just as they did on the Game Boy Color. Both titles will be compatible with the wireless feature communications of the Nintendo 3DS, and trainers can look forward to link trades and link battles between the virtual console versions of Pokemon Gold and Pokemon Silver. In addition, these titles will be compatible with the time capsule function, which allows players to link Pokemon between virtual console versions of Pokemon Gold and Silver and the virtual console versions of Pokemon Red, Blue, and Yellow in Pokemon centers within these games. Both titles will be compatible with Pokemon Bank and will also launch on September 22nd, 2017. I mean, that's like I not exciting. Uh, I mean, our <laughs> Gold and Soul Silver exist. They were improvements and perfections of those original games. So you've got to be a real nostalgia addict to be excited. I, I don't know. This, is, this, this might be my last rant for this show. Although I don't think I was, uh, I was hard on Ultra, Sun and Ultra Moon. I'm, I'm very excited for those games. I would be a little more excited if they were on Switch, but if they're not, okay, not the end of the world. Why is anyone excited for this? All right, I can give you, I can give you one thing. I'm going to interrupt your rant because I forgot to say it when I was talking and I just remembered it. Yes, Heart Gold and Soul Silver are playable on the 3DS. Yes. But, but in order to transfer Pokemon from those games up into Pokemon Bank, you have to like do the switchy thing between Pokemon Black and White and Pokemon. It's, it's like that game and you have to shoot at the balls at them to get them to come over and you can only do like six at a time or something. It's horrible. At least this gets you an easier way to get your Gen 2 Pokemon into Gen 7. So I will give them that. But go on with your rant. All right. I am sick and tired of Pokemon fans asking for remakes. I might have been on this bandwagon five or six years ago. Maybe even three years, as early as three years ago. But I cannot think of another franchise that has that their fan base asks for remakes time and time again. If I want to play Diamond and Pearl 
my 3DS can play Diamond and Pearl. I'm not saying that the virtual console shouldn't have red, blue, yellow, gold, crystal, silver, fire red, leaf green. I think virtual console should have them all. Would I go back and play them? Probably not. Especially in the, the example of gold and silver. Why would I pay $10 for a game that is better, that I own, that I know exactly where it is, it is in arm's reach of me, and I have told people since I started this podcast that I think Heart Gold and Soul Silver is easily one of the best Pokemon games of all time. Why would I pay for a less good version of that? Why? I mean, I already told you why, but go on. If they were to put those games on the Nintendo Switch, which they could, they could say at E3, hey, we're launching the virtual console. These are the virtual console games that will appear. For some reason, we're Nintendo, and some of the games don't make it to virtual console, which makes no sense to me. And I have not bought red, yellow, or blue because I've been burned so many times. I bought so many virtual console games on Wii U, and yeah, they could make it to, or on Wii, and yeah, they made it to Wii U, but I had to launch this really garbage emulator to play them, and they wanted me to rebuy them again, but don't worry, we'll give you a discount. It's unacceptable. If they were to say, hey, we're launching, and again, I think these games should be on virtual console. I would probably consider buying red or blue because I have no way, I have no way of playing red or blue or fire red or leaf green on my 3DS. If they were to say though, hey, we're putting gold and silver on Switch and we're putting this Pokemon game on Switch and Pokemon Bank will work and everything will be fine. Cool. I have no way of playing heart gold, so silver or gold and silver on my Switch. Okay, I will buy it, I will play it, it will be great because I carry my Switch everywhere and I don't carry my 3DS everywhere. I just do not understand why people are excited for gold and silver on Virtual Console when one, when easily the best Pokemon game in the last decade you can play on 3DS. And yeah, it kind of sucks to transfer Pokemon, but I, I, I was, I was the one that was wrong when I said Pokemon Bank was so important to these old games and everyone said no it was impossible they can't do it it's too much work how would they do ivies how would they do eevees the special attack and attack were the same this is so much work and i said no pokemon bank is the most exp- important thing and they have finally remember months later announced that that feature was coming and everyone shut up about it i didn't shut up for six months because i considered that a a important feature and it exists and that's fine who is playing that to transfer Pokemon up? They're not playing that to transfer Pokemon up. They're playing that for nostalgia. Maybe there's some moves that can only be learned by Pokemon in those versions of the games. Maybe, I, I but none of, it, none of that matters because they're so strict when it comes to tournament about moves and stuff. Ah, uh, not, not strict enough. <laughs> and Crystal is missing. And that was another conversation of debate. Why isn't Crystal there? I can tell you why Crystal's there. Because if Crystal existed... No one would be buying gold and silver because Crystal is the better game. Just like no one should buy gold and silver because Heart Gold and Soul Silver is the better game. The only way this virtual console stuff works, and again, they should be on virtual console, but they 
but they are on a system where so many Pokemon games exist, better versions of that game, that it is hard to justify that purchase. Again, if all these games were on Switch and you had no access to play Heart Gold, Soul Silver, Gold Silver, Crystal, Fire Red, Leaf Green, that makes sense. And it also makes sense that once you complete those old games, you can transfer them to your Pokemon bank and whatever Pokemon game you have. And now, going back to my original argument of, I started this rant saying, I don't think they should make any more remakes, or more or less, people should stop asking for remakes, and I just told you that I think the best Pokemon game in the decade, last decade, was HeartGold Silver, which ha- happened to be a remake. The difference there is that red, blue, yellow, gold, crystal, and silver, they got cut off from the hardware generation. And there was no way to play those games without being able to transfer... Like, you could play those games, obviously, but there was no way to transfer those Pokemon. So, yes, I do think that there was value to Fire Red and Leaf Green. I do think there was value to Heart Gold, Soul Silver. I think, and that that was my argument for Pokemon Bank, that these games, like, every one of these games is important enough that if you play through it and you do that journey, your Pokemon should come with you. And Heart Gold, Soul Silver exists because of that, and so does Fire Red and Leaf Green. Did we need an Omega Ruby Alpha Sapphire remake? No. Is anyone on the internet going, Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire is my favorite game? No. And there might be some people that say the end game is better. I'm sure it is. But do you know how many people actually get to the end game? Not a lot. You can see that with Sun and Moon. Everyone bought it. <laughs> Two weeks later, everyone stopped playing it, except for the people who played the end game. And you could say, ah, oh, well, its end game is not good enough. That doesn't matter. There's such a small amount of people that play end game anyway, so that's why it doesn't matter. Instead of doing an end game, they'll just put out a Pokemon game every year, where we're like we're seeing right now. The only difference is they're gonna sell and make a net profit of like ten million dollars instead of putting all that time into an end game where they're not gonna get any more money. And like 2% of people are actually going to play. I got nothing on your rant here. <laughs> Would I like to see Red and Blue remade? Sure. Would I like to see Diamond and Pearl eventually remade? Sure. But you know what I would really like to see? New games. It still blows my mind how vocal that fan base was for Omega Ruby Alpha Sapphire. Or for just for just... Ruby and Sapphire remakes. And as soon as they came out, everyone shut up. And then they moved on to Diamond and Pearl. Why? Why do we need to remake every single game? Unless there is a hardware limitation that is stopping you, I don't think a remake should exist. I I would be more accepting and more excited if Diamond and Pearl came out on something like a Switch. Because then, because right now, I have a way to play Diamond and Pearl. Works on my 3DS just fine. Just like HeartGold SoulSilver works on my 3DS just fine. Was there some value in Omega Ruby Alpha Sapphire? Yeah, I guess because the 3DS didn't have a GBA slot, so I guess that kind of makes sense in that, in that way. I'm just asking Pokemon fans to stop asking for remakes and start asking for more new content. But yes, remakes. I guess remakes fill in the gaps. Going back to the original point of this article... Yes, I do think that every Pokemon game should be on Virtual Console here on out. But Virtual Console is a mess. And I'm sure if you bought them on Virtual Console and for some reason they release them on Switch or they release them on some imaginary 
console that exists in the future, those won't move over because nothing moves over because Nintendo doesn't know how to handle their digital purchases. I hope you feel better for having let that out. I do. And maybe in a day or two, they'll announce something at E3 that'll be exciting. I want to say, though, I'm not upset about this Direct. It was fine. It was good. Awesome. We have more Pokemon games coming out this year. I'm actually excited. Yeah, gives us keeps us in business. The, we got something to talk about. The business of ranting. Whatever business it is that we're in, I can't even tell most days. I I want to know about I want to know more about Sun and Moon, Ultra Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon. I want to know more about that. I want to know what Game Freak's actually working on for Switch. I want to know what they show at E3. I would be curious if they updated Pokemon Bank in some way. The Pokemon Go news is really exciting. Really, it's been a really great week for Pokemon stuff. No, no Pokemon Shuffle 2, though. That's what I was really holding out for. It was a joke. Well, it fell flat. All right, good. You got anything else? Any, anything else I missed? Uh, I can't think of anything. I just, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that for the month of June, we haven't heard the last of new things coming from the Pokemon Company International. That is my hope. I hope so, too. Yeah, I hope that more news continues coming. All right, well, let's do some house cleaning real quick. Uh, Irene and I started a new podcast. It is a Pokemon anime podcast, currently titled Alolan, Alola Vacation, because we are going through the Sun and Moon anime. And we are trying, we're going to do at least two episodes a week just to catch up with the current episode as we're recording this. I believe they're on episode 13. So goal is two episodes a week until we catch up and then uh, obviously one episode a week since we'll be all caught up at that point. That podcast is only for our Patreon backers. So if you go over to patreon.com slash it's super effective and you donate $4 a month, you will get access to that entire feed. That is only a dollar a week if you think about it. So uh, $4 a month gets you access to that podcast. If you're not interested in anime, well, then you have no reason to subscribe. If you want to hear... uh. If you want to hear me be more positive about Pokemon, I have been told that that first episode is is really funny and really charming and people seem to really like it. Uh, probably mostly for Irene, probably not because of me. I mean, she does have a good personality. My question is, I just upped my Patreon donation um, to $8 a month. And when do I get my link to the feed? It should be on the actual profile of the page. So if you Oops. go to patreon.com slash it's super effective, it should be in the upper right hand corner. And then you copy that that link and then you go to your podcast app, you hit the plus button, you add the feed, and then any new episodes will automatically get added to that feed. But how does it know that I I paid the extra money? Uh because there's there's this it'll say it'll say like patreon.com slash it's super effective question mark RSS slash authentication and then it'll say an equal sign. And then it will have this long string of characters that is exclusive to your account. So I, wow, technology yeah, is amazing. It's a really cool, it's a really cool uh, process. And there was a couple people in Slack that helped me determine this because I was like, "Is this a universal feed? Is this a uh, how how does it know if somebody's paying a dollar or not paying or paying four dollars?" And so yeah, it's it is very specific to it. So if you're a one dollar person. You still get access to the feed, except the episodes don't show up because they're they're pushed out at a $4 level. So in the future, I could go, oh, this episode will be available to all $1 people, and they will get that episode. It's, it's really cool. 
It's really cool. So if you want to support us, if you want more content, if you like the anime or you just want to to hear Irene and I talk more about Pokemon, that is available to you. Patreon.com slash It's Super Effective. First episode's already out. By the time this episode comes out, if you made it this long through my rants, the second episode of Alola Vacation should be out. And we're debating about doing older seasons of like black and white or or Pokemon movies. But right now we're focused on going through the current season of the anime, the Haname. But that's all I got. Will, thank you for uh, flexing your time and being here. Yeah, they, you're welcome. It was it was no problem. I was just sitting on my couch dying of heat. Heat? Yeah, I'm a, I'm a little sweaty right now. Turn on my- but yeah, but you live in a place that doesn't have amazingly awful humidity, and my air conditioner's been gone for a week. <laughs> did, you get a, did you get a window unit? I'm not allowed to have a window unit, so no, I had to pay the $6,000 for a new heat oh, pump. Oh, man. Did you just tell them to add it to your rent? Add it to There's your no rent add it when to you your mor- own. Add it to your mortgage. <laughs> no, that's not an option. That's not how things work. <laughs> Can't win them all. Can't win them all. Well, if you want to find, uh, if you want to find Will, you can jump over to Twitter, Twitter.com/slash Wash in the Sink. Uh, I'm on Twitter at Dragging a Lake, and you can follow the podcast on Twitter at Pokemon Podcast. I plan on doing a couple giveaways the week after E3, so watch out on Twitter for that. Not going to do it this week because it'll get lost because of E3. And yeah, got some, got some stuff, got some stuff going on. I uh, hope you guys enjoy that new podcast. If you're subscribed, would love to hear your feedback. If you have any feedback on this episode or just questions, comments, anything like that, you can email me sbj at pkmncast.com. Uh, whether that's this podcast, the uh, anime podcasts, anything at all, uh, I prepare. I am prepared to be very wrong come Tuesday, uh, but that's okay because you learn stuff when you're wrong. That's true. We we improve ourselves by making mistakes, not by being protected from our own mistakes. Correct. True. Also, can I just say, um, I also use Facebook. We always do Twitter, but my Facebook is facebook.com/slash/washinthesink. I'll 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 take your friendship there. Okay. As well. Okay. All right. Well, that's that. Uh, have a good E3 week. If you're into video games, enjoy it. I know it's, it's kind of like Christmas for a lot of people. Uh, I, will, I am looking very forward to the Nintendo Direct and uh, very excited for Fire and Ice Week for Pokemon Go. So I have a lot to look forward to this week. Uh, otherwise, this has been another episode of the Pokemon Podcast, and we are super ultra effective. That was a good ending. I know. I, I was thinking about it for a while now. <laughs>